0: Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case, 35 Bar and Grill, LLC, versus City of San Antonio, 943-F-Sup-2D706, District Court, WD-Texas-2013, otherwise known as 2013. This case is one of the best written cases I've come across. In parts of other cases, the judges may make quips or humorous remarks. This entire decision was written in beautiful prose. This judge here could very well have a career in the literary arts if he so desired. If he doesn't desire, we still appreciate making cases flowery, appealing as possible. People often criticize legal stuff for being dry so we love to see this stuff. This involves what I believe Texas Penal Code Section 4321 to 4323 call obscene display. We don't focus so much on this form of obscenity. We're more concerned with obscene devices and obscene material, as the law calls them, we have discussed strip clubs before. And this, in particular, seems relevant, so we're going to deal with it. So let's read from the decision. It says, quote, The case of the itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny bikini top versus the more itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny pasty. End quote. It says, quote, An ordinance dealing with semi-new dancers has once again fallen on the court's lap. The city of San Antonio City wants exotic dancers employed by plaintiffs to wear larger pieces of fabric to cover more of the female breast. Thus, the age-old question before the court, now with constitutional implications, is, does size matter? End quote. There you go, my friends. This is good stuff. Also, this judge continues, quote, Plaintiffs close themselves in the First Amendment seeking to provide cover against another alleged naked grab of unconstitutional power. The court infers plaintiffs' fear enforcement of the ordinance, which stripped them of their profits, adversely impacting their bottom line. Conversely, the city asserts these businesses contribute to the reduced property values, violent crime, increased drug sales, prostitution, and other sex crimes, and therefore need to be girded more tightly. Plaintiffs, and by their extension, their customers seek an erection of a constitutional wall separating themselves from the regulatory power of city government. While the court has not received amicus curry briefs, the court has been blessed with volunteers known in South Texas as Curious Amigos to be inspector generals to perform on site visits at the location in question. However, they would have enjoyed far more the sight of Miss Wiggles, truly an exotic artist of physical self-expression even in her 80s when she performed fully clothed in the 1960s at San Antonio's Eastwood Country Club. Ms. Wiggles passed away October 14, 2012 at the age of 90, end quote. Like I said, I have not seen a case like this. So what issues arose? It says, quote, In 2009, operators of certain adult Entertainment club sued in state court challenging the ban on new dancing as a violation of the entertainer's right to free speech. End quote. We love to see free speech productions here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 35 Barn Grills LLC, I see from the title. From those corporation and LLC books I've read, it's important to have liability. And this goes to show, friends, it's not just an abstract academic thing to get liability. It can help in cases like this. If your strip club is sued, you could be in deep trouble if you don't have liability. If it's a sole proprietorship, it could be bad. It also says, "Quote: In order to avoid being classified as human display establishments, plaintiffs changed their dancers' attire to g-strings and pasties over the areola of the female breast. Doing so enabled them to operate their dance hall licenses, uh, operate under dance hall licenses instead of having S.O.B. status." and having to obtain permits, reconfigure buildings, and possibly relocate. As a result, not a single human display establishment permit request was made, and no such permits issued. In 2012, the city enacted Ordinance 2012-12-06-0934, amending Chapter 21, because certain businesses feature adult dance entertainment have found a way to circumvent the restrictions set forth in the 2005 Ordinance." And they include the following definition. As it says, quote, The new ordinance eliminates human display, establishment, status, and includes the following definition. Semi-nude means a state address that fails to completely and opaquely cover A. Human genitals, pubic region, pubic hair, or B. Crevice of buttocks or anus, or C. Any portion of female breast that is situated below or immediately above the top of the areola, or any combination, or D. Any combination of A, B, Or see, end quote. Erroria is not a word that I'm that familiar with. I may have heard that here or there. So we get enlightened by reading these cases, my friends. It also says, quote, The city contends it is not a violation of the First Amendment to require plaintiffs to choose whether they want to be licensed to offer topless dancing or be free of licensing requirements and other regulations in the ordinance by offering dancers wearing bikini tops, end quote. I do have to concede that's a valid question. Although we're obviously in favor of advancing the First Amendment as much as possible in these cases, sometimes there are valid concerns. It also says, quote, The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has determined it's not a First Amendment violation to require gentlemen clubs to decide whether they want to be licensed and offer dancers wearing pasties or performing topless or alternatively to be free of licensing requirements, building and zoning regulations in the ordinance, offering dancers who wear slightly more fabric, i.e. a bikini top, end quote. So what do you think about that? Do you think the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has made a good choice there? I'm concerned overall with advancing obscenity, so I want to see as much as possible. We might have to put up with the thing here or there, but... Overall, we need to be advancing it. It says, quote, although plaintiffs have shown they will suffer irreparable harm because they are alleging a First Amendment violation which, not, which cannot be remedied by an award of economic damages, end quote. Indeed, like the saying goes, money can't buy everything. Rights is something money can't buy. In fact, to put this in the broader perspective, I don't feel calling to eliminate world poverty. I've seen some of it, and that's a complex thing from my view causes of it and the remedies of that one thing that does bother me is the First Amendment violations we call the First Amendment in the United States and that includes freedom of religion as well as obscenity and it breaks my heart when other countries and sometimes our country in limited circumstances violate freedom of religion I don't care if you have a million dollars a billion dollars a trillion dollars You can live in palaces and not have freedom of religion and you're still in a terrible state. Whereas a very poor person in the world can still have freedom of religion. So ultimately the judge says, quote, to bear or not to bear, that is the question. While this court finds these businesses to be nefarious magnets of mischief, the court doubts several square inches of fabric will damage the flow of violence and other secondary effects emanating from these businesses. Indeed, this case exposed the underbelly of America's Romanesque passion for entertainment, sex, and money, sought to be covered with constitutional prophylaxis. Alcohol, drugs, testosterone, guns, and knives are more likely to be causative agents than the female breast, proving once again that humans are a, particular, a peculiar lot, but the case law does not require causation between nudity and naughtiness. End quote. They have a really long appendix in this case. In fact, the appendix... Is longer than the decision of the trial itself. They say, they talk about what happened here, how these businesses of strip clubs and such filed for an injunction. And they invoked the Texas Constitution as well as the First Amendment. And it says, quote, only dancers, managers, and owners of human display establishments as opposed to everyone, anyone else appearing in the state of public nudity are subject to criminal and civil liability under the ordinance. And two, the ordinance allows an exception to liability based on the content of speech for any person engaged in expressing a matter of serious literary, artistic, scientific, political, or social value. End quote. Good point is something I wouldn't have thought of arguing, so I applaud them for making that assertion. I do have to admit, the other side raises a valid concern here, and it's something for us to consider. It says, quote, The only constitutional right here, i one marginally within the outer perimeters of the First Amendment, is the erotic message implicit in nude or semi-nude dancing. There's no general right to take off one's clothes off in public, nor is there a constitutional right to wear pasties and G-strings rather than lingerie-like tops and bottoms required by the Henrico County ordinance. Thus, we cannot... Ask whether requiring slightly more clothes restricts the erotic dancer's right to be less clothes. Being in a state of nudity, after all, is not an inherently expressive condition. Instead, we must ask whether the ordinance unduly burdens the dancer's ability to express her erotic message by requiring her to cover up slightly more of her body with slightly more fabric, end quote. It's hard to argue with some of those assertions there. I don't think we want to allow indecent exposure Free rain. We don't want to give free rain to that. And obviously flashing is an unwise thing to do in most circumstances. So they say, quote, The court has weighed the remaining factors and determined the plaintiff's threat and injury does not outweigh the interests of the city's and the public and the order concerning preliminary injunction is supported by the factual record and case law, end quote. And also, they say the following at the end, Accordingly, quote, Accordingly, the request for preliminary injunction is denied. Should the parties choose to string this case out to trial on the merits, the court encourages reasonable discovery intercourse as they navigate the peaks and valleys of litigation perhaps to reach a happy ending, end quote. So what do you think about this? Do you think the plaintiffs should have won? Do you think they should have gotten that what they sought? I certainly think this is one of the more entertainingly written cases, while at the same time, it does address the legal issues that need to be addressed. So it's a great brief, and it shows that judges... Can have quite the interesting approach to things. 35 Barn Grill LLC, the member owners of the LLC, very well might be going to First Amendment Heaven. Now, I don't want people to come back to me and say, after they found out something happened to one of these people I discuss in these cases, that social justice did a bad thing. Why are you applauding them? Obviously, I'm not researching the background in every single individual, so it's very possible. One individual I praised in one of these cases did something bad, really, really bad, undeserving of heaven, at least being unrepentant. So that's why I try to say maybe fighting the fight the good fight of the First Amendment is likely to land you in First Amendment heaven as well as long as you don't do evil deeds that are not covered by the First Amendment. So how will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.